Today on episode, uh, what number episode are we on? 374 of the Computer Tutor Podcast. So you're thinking about buying a new laptop. Here are the things you need to factor into that decision. Another episode of The Computer Tutor, tips, tricks, and advice from a computer pro without all the tech talk. And now, here is your computer tutor, Scott Johnson. Good morning, or good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome back to The Computer Tutor Podcast. I am your personal computer tutor, Scott Johnson, and on this podcast, I like to show you how to do cool things on your computer. And it's all in plain English. That's the only language I'm fluent in. I've been fixing computers as a business since 1999. Now, back then, I either needed to go to someone's house to do the repair, or they had to bring their computer to me. But no more of that. I can fix almost anything remotely. So whatever your computer needs, just give me a call. 727-254-9078 or email me, pctutor at gmail.com. Today's tip can be seen at my website at computertutorflorida.com forward slash 374. So let's get started. <laughs> the most popular type of Windows computer being used today is the laptop. Personally, my primary computer is a desktop computer, although I do own a laptop for when I travel. Hopefully that'll be soon again. And I know some other people who still use mostly desktop computers but laptops are really, really popular. And practically speaking, a laptop can be just as powerful as a desktop computer. So you might be thinking about buying a new laptop for the first time, or maybe you have an older computer that needs to be replaced and you're considering a laptop. I often have clients who are in that position, and so there's a question I get pretty regularly. Which laptop should I get? So in today's podcast, I'm going to talk about what I tell people when they're considering buying a new laptop. This is actually a service I offer called Pre-Purchase Consultation, and you're getting it here today, free. Is this a great country or what? Now, the question I usually get is this. I'm planning to buy a laptop. Which brand do you recommend? And unfortunately, that's not really the right question to be asking. My standard response to that question is the brands I prefer are Lenovo, Dell, and HP in that order. but when you're buying a laptop, your primary consideration shouldn't necessarily be which manufacturer to choose from. I have some clients who one time bought a Dell computer, and it turned out to be a real lemon. Then they had a terrible time with trying to get it fixed under the warranty, and the end result is that they have vowed to never buy a Dell computer again. And I have other clients who have always bought Dells and will only buy Dells because they love Dell computers. And the same thing can be said about every single manufacturer. Every one of them has haters, and everyone has loyal customers. But more important than who makes the computer is the actual specs of the computer. So let's talk about some of the individual components. First up, the screen size. Now, the standard size for a laptop screen is 15.6 inches. And that's measured diagonally, and it's the actual display area. It doesn't include the plastic bezel that goes around the edge of the display. 
If you like a big laptop screen, those are 17 inches. But more recently, there's more demand for the smaller screens, like 13 or 14 inches. The smaller ones are more portable, and the battery usually lasts longer as well. Next consideration is the internal drive. Now, this is a big one. My recommendation always is to get a solid-state drive as opposed to the traditional old-fashioned spinning disk drive. The old ones have a circular platter on the inside that spins, and there's an arm that goes back and forth on it to access the data. You can picture a record player, and that's kind of what it looks like. Well, those old-style drives have lots of little moving parts, and so they're more likely to crash. And they're also very, very slow. What you want is a solid-state drive. These drives have no moving parts at all. They're just solid memory. So that means they're less likely to crash. But the big factor is that they're incredibly fast. You know how if you have an older computer, you could do a restart and then go have lunch, and when you come back to the computer, you hope it's done restarting. Well, with a solid-state drive, we're talking about a full restart, back up and ready to go. Usually it takes less than 30 seconds. It's incredible. I do a lot of upgrades from the old drives to solid-state drives, and the first reaction from people most of the time is, I can't believe my computer could ever be this fast. But aside from the fact that you want a solid-state drive, you got to consider this. You have to make sure your drive is big enough. Because for most people, you'll probably be transferring stuff from your old computer to the new one, like documents, pictures, music, videos, all those personal files and folders. The guideline I recommend going by is this. Your new drive should be able to take all of your files and folders and you should still have at least half of that drive as free space. Because think about it, you don't want to have a new computer and then six months or a year from now, you find out you're out of storage space already. And keep this in mind, some new computers today will come with two drives. There'll be a tiny solid state drive, which is just for Windows for the operating system. Then you'll have a second larger drive, which is the old spinning disk drive for storage. I don't recommend this configuration. It just makes it kind of convoluted for doing a backup. And also, if you ever need to restore a backup, just get a computer with one solid-state drive and make sure that drive is big enough for all your stuff. I had a client a while back who decided she needed a new laptop, so she just went to Best Buy and bought one that she thought looked nice and it was a fair price. Then she brought it to me so I could set it all up and move her files over from her old laptop. Well, it turned out the new laptop had a 120 gigabyte drive, and she had over 200 gigabytes of files that she needed to transfer. So the drive wasn't even big enough to hold all those things, much less have half the new drive as free space. So you definitely want to avoid that problem. Another thing to consider is the processor. The processor is kind of the brain of the computer. It's where all the actual computer work takes place. I like Intel processors, and I usually recommend a Core i5. An i7 is better, and an i9 is even better, but the better the processor, the more it costs. So what you get might be partially determined by your budget. Then we have to consider memory. Most new computers today will come with at least 4 gigabytes of memory, which is also known as RAM, R-A-M, same thing. My recommendation is to get as much memory as you can afford because more is always better. Most people are fine with 8 gigabytes or 16 gigabytes of memory, though. Another thing you might think about is how the laptop will connect to the internet. 
Now, any new laptop, of course, will have Wi-Fi capability, but if your new computer is going to sit in the same spot on your desk most of the time, and the router is just a few feet away, you might consider just having it connect using an Ethernet cable. That kind of internet connection will be faster than Wi-Fi, so why wouldn't you? But in order to connect that way, the new laptop needs to have an Ethernet port for that cable to plug into. That port is kind of like the old-style telephone jacks, but it's wider. Some laptops these days have that, and some don't, so that's something to consider. And this one might seem a little odd, but one thing I would think about in a new laptop, too, is the keyboard. And I'm talking about how it feels when you're using it. I've had some laptops where it just feels kind of awkward to type on it. One of the reasons I like Lenovo laptops is because the keyboard, to me, just feels very natural and I find them easier to use. Personal preference, of course, so use your own judgment there. And the final factor we'll talk about today is price. Now, for some people, it seems like that might be the first and the most important factor to consider, but I don't think so. Obviously, it'll play a role, but I definitely don't recommend that you shop just for the cheapest laptop. If you want just a cheap laptop, wait till Black Friday and look at Walmart's ad where they'll advertise that they have brand new laptops for $200. A brand new laptop for $200? That must be an amazingly good deal, right? No. There's a reason for everything. They will most likely have a Celeron processor, which is cheaply made and very slow. They will also have the old-fashioned spinning disk hard drive, which is also very slow and prone to crash. And they'll have just the bare minimum for memory. And guess what that means? Yep, slow. You'll be cursing that computer for months to come because of having to wait forever for it to do something. And that'll be long after the thrill you got from buying a new laptop so cheaply. There's a good reason they're cheap. Now, if you need a laptop with good specs, but you don't have the $600 to $1,200 to spend on a brand new one, you might consider a refurbished one. A lot of my clients have bought their refurb laptops from me. I never have mine in stock for very long because I price them at about half the price of a new one with similar specs. And of course, I've gone over them to make sure everything's working nice and fast like it's supposed to, and all of my laptops have solid-state drives. And I set them up with browsers like Chrome and Firefox with ad blockers, and I disable the Windows 10 privacy invasion functions, all that stuff. My laptops are usually less than $400, and I can ship anywhere in the U.S. But no matter what you get, whether it's brand new or refurbished, spend some time doing your homework before you buy because it'll really pay off in the long run to make sure you get exactly what you need. And on my other podcast right now, I have a pretty interesting story that's kind of different from what I usually do on that show. My guest for this episode is Ricky. Ricky is married, he's well-educated, and he's gainfully employed. He can certainly afford to buy food. But Ricky does not buy groceries. He gets his food for free. How does he do that? Well, instead of getting his food from the shelves inside the grocery store, he gets it from the big metal bin that sits behind the store. Yeah, he's a committed dumpster diver. You can hear Ricky tell all about how he got started doing that and what he finds and how he explained it to his wife the first time on my other podcast called What Was That Like? You can listen to it on any podcast app or at the website at whatwasthatlike.com slash eight zero. And you know what makes my day? Hearing from you. 
you can email me at pctutor at gmail.com or you can call my podcast voicemail line, 727-386-9468 and you can leave a recorded message there anytime, day or night. That's it for this episode, but I'll be back here in two weeks with another computer tip. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Computer Tutor Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to contact me with a question, a comment, or a suggestion for a future topic, you're welcome to do so at my website, computertutorflorida.com. And while you're there, sign up for my free Monday morning email newsletter. If you have a computer problem, give me a call at 727-254-9078. In many cases, I can take care of a problem remotely, so it doesn't matter if you're here in Florida, up in Maine, or way out in California. I'd love to help. Thanks again for listening, and have a great week. God bless. When I was growing up, we were so poor, our cereal was ordinary K.